This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The Big Interview with Offscript. Today we're in conversation with Rainer Schimpf. He's a marine conservationist and he's an adventure tour operator who's been living in South Africa. Bit of background to this. Rainer's company, Expert Tours, offers amazing wildlife encounters off the coast of South Africa. He also operates in the Azores, Norway, Iceland, Indonesia... And, well, something remarkable happened to him back in March of 2019 on one of his dive expeditions. So we're going to get to that, but we're going to get a little bit of context first. Because one of the major sort of natural events that Reiner focuses on in in his tour is the sardine run. Okay, now the run, which contains millions of individual sardines, occurs annually between May and August when a coastal current of cold waters kind of heads north from a place called the Agulhas Bank. This is one of, in terms of biomass, Chris, researchers estimate that the sardine run could rival Africa's great wildebeest migration, which, of course, involves millions of wildebeest um, travelling, and zebra, and various other different animals as well, travelling from south, from the Serengeti, up to the, the Masai Mara in Kenya, and then back again. But not much is known about the sardine run. It's believed that the water has to reach a certain temperature in order for the migration to take place. Now, these sardine shoals are more than seven kilometres long, one and a half kilometres wide and 30 metres deep. So you've got a a shoal of fish which extends from the surface 30 metres below the surface of the water. These these shoals are visible from spotter planes or, or from the surface. And this is a mass migration that obviously draws a lot of um, diverse marine predators, including dolphins, seabirds, Cape fur seals, sharks, and whales, amongst others. So I wanted to get from Reiner what it was like to witness that from a scuba diver's perspective. Well, it's it's always an absolute privilege um, because I, I always try to compare and give a comparison. Not, not many people are privileged enough to be out there in the sea and experience what we do for various reasons. If you compare it to the big migration uh, between Tanzania and Kenya, where the uh, wildebeest and gnu try to go from A to B and they cross the rivers where all the crocodiles wait for them, those pictures many people have in their head. And a sardine run is very similar. It's a migration of uh, fish, uh, but out in the ocean. And if, if you put yourself back into that river and you would be standing on the river edge and watching everything, I'm sure a crocodile, a lion or a leopard would try to take you. And contrary to that, us in the ocean, we are completely ignored by the animals. So any animal out there is actually not interested in us at all. Uh, they're only interested in the fish. So the worst scenario which could happen is that you're in the way of an animal and it's going from a to b and it sees you too late and then touches you or whatever but there is practically no incidence of attacks or problems at all in 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 that perspective so we are very amazed to see that particularly in the marine environment we as humans are observers and we are accepted as observers and i've seen footage of this i'm sure any any fan of nature documentaries will have seen the sardine run. Uh, it is extraordinary, this huge kind of bait ball of fish, enormous shoal of fish being attacked from all angles by a predators. very wide array of marine predators. But four years ago, Reiner did have a bit of an interesting interaction. Let's get him to tell us what happened. 
On that particular day in uh, 2019, uh, in, in March 2019, we had a, a photo and film crew with us and it was their first day out. So we, we had a, a briefing in the morning and then decided to go out and, and have a first look at what's happening to establish what lenses they can use and, and what uh, format they, they, at the end of the day, can, can start the production. And uh, we were lucky enough to find some activity further out, about 30 miles offshore of, uh, then it was Port Elizabeth, uh, which is now called Rebecca. And uh, we, we went out there and we found some, some fish activity, some sharks, uh, lots of birds diving. So before the crew went in, I wanted to establish what the visibility is like and what the actual under the surface is, because you can't really see everything from the boat. So I got in the water with, with my camera and with snorkel gear and two security snorkelers. And we approached a so-called bait ball, uh, as close as maybe five, six meters and watched down. And I was still in setting up my camera as suddenly it became dark. <laughs> it became dark. Okay. Which must have been slightly disconcerting for you. Well, <laughs> could you explain at, what had at happened? At the time when we got in the water, we, we did not know there were any whales. And uh, as it got dark, um, I mean, it was fortunately not very long, but um, obviously in my long years of experience, I, I knew it could not have been a shark because had it been a shark, I would probably not have been able to think anymore or to react at all. So it was obviously something else and it could only have been a whale and uh, most likely a brooder whale. And the next thing which went through my head is, okay, I'm too big for it to swallow because the throat of a brutal whale is only about the size of a lower arm. So it has to spit me out. The question only is where and what depth, because normally they go through the fishbowl and uh, then they dive down and uh, yeah, swallow the fish and then they, they either come back or they're full and they go on. So at the area where we um, started filming, it was about 80 meters deep. So I didn't know at what depth he will spit me out. And I was bracing myself for quite a long dive. Oh my God. So you were able to think clearly while wedged in the gullet of a brooder whale. Yeah, what else can you do? I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> there is there is absolutely no room for panic. And uh, what, whatever I would have done was was wrong. So I just, I just, did nothing and I thought and I braced myself and fortunately the whale then also realized okay there's something in me which doesn't belong there. Well as he says the actual throat of a brooder's whale is is very small not big enough to swallow a human. Oh. To have that clarity of thought just put yourself in that position for a second. You're snorkeling around With the you're, sardines. you're in the ocean suddenly boom you can't see anything <laughs> You've got this pressure kind of pressing down on you. And he's he's now thinking, oh, what's gone on here? I'm in the well, mouth of a whale. Yeah, well, he said it had to be because obviously the only animal large enough to swallow him um, was a whale. I, I think um, the sharks themselves might have bitten him, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been swallowed whole by one of the sharks. So he sort of used his powers of deduction and, um, you know, he powers remained calm. You remain calm. So I had to ask, well, okay, what happened next? Surfaced, looked for the two security divers. They were also fine. 
Then we waved for the boat. Uh, we got to the boat, and um, still to that moment, it, it was not exactly clear what happened. So I asked the crew on the on the boat, did, did you see exactly what happened, and did you take pictures, or how does it work? And then we climbed on the boat, and Heinz Topitzer, who was the photographer of the crew, the, the main photographer, he said, well, I got something, but because of the glare of the boat, I can't really see it, so let's look at it tonight. So we, we took a break. We looked at the camera, and everything was all right. The action was ongoing. The whales was gone. So 10 minutes later, we were back in the water and continuing the shoot. So you weren't phased, it's fair to say, Rhino. You, you, uh, having been partially swallowed by a whale, it was business as usual straight back in there well the chances of that happening again is zero so <laughs> what can you do it's my job that's a consistent theme to a lot of these kind of wildlife aficionados and enthusiasts that we've spoken about they're very fearless mm. individuals and and it was straight back to the day job for rhino within the space of about 10 minutes um now of course it's impossible not to think of jonah yes the, the great the biblical story of jonah and the whale um few people on the planet though are in a position to describe what it feels like to be clamped in the jaws of a whale. So I had to ask Reiner to elaborate for us there. The pictures you see on the on the footage is when I was coming out. Right. So I, I was swimming, obviously, forward towards the bait ball, and the whale came from behind. So it must have been in an angle because the, the eyes of the whale are on its side where he could not sense or see me, or maybe there was too much fish in the water, so he didn't really distinguish. And uh, it, it clearly happened out of mistake. So he's, I completely got into him from back forward. And the picture you see is when he spits me out. Right. So I was completely inside. Okay. And what was the sensation when you were? Was it painful? No, I didn't even have a blue spot. So, I mean, fortunately, he, he got me in the right angle because had he gotten me, let's say, from, from the side and grabbed my neck or whatever, I'm sure he would have broken it. I mean, the upper and lower jaw of a... Brutal whale is about three tons. So you don't stand a chance there. So it was just a lucky angle and I was inside. I didn't panic. The whale didn't panic and I got out again. And I had to ask Reiner about that old Old Testament story of Jonah and whether he could see any parallels. Well, coincidentally and funny enough, um, since you mentioned my, my son, which is now 24 years old, his, his name is Jonas. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's wow. got a son called Jonas. Let's finish this interview with Reiner Schimpf by kind of getting the reaction to this story. So all's well that ends well. He was essentially engulfed partially by a whale. He was spat out and then he continued the day job as if nothing had happened. And, you know, man swallowed by whale is not your typical newspaper headline, is it? No, it's not. So I was keen to ascertain whether Reiner was subsequently engulfed in a media frenzy, not unlike the one that attacks the sardine bait ball. It took a while to get there. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, that evening when we came back, we looked at the images and we realized that it was quite spectacular. So fortunately, the camera and Heinz had worked very well. And it was a series of 13 pictures, uh, which we were able to kind of stitch together. And then because of my connection to media and, and media houses and whatnot, uh, I phoned around the world for a couple of days to try to explain the story without giving those pictures out of hand because you don't, you know how it works. You don't want to give out a picture and then suddenly the story is out. So we wanted to tell the story the way it happened, not as a sensational experience, but as a 
proof that the whales and the marine creatures are very sensitive and are definitely not out there to harm us. And secondly, we wanted to give the story a sense and a, a meaning. And that was the tricky part because a lot of the media houses wanted to do like uh, men almost killed and, mm. you know, that, that line. And uh, we, we didn't like that at all. So it took quite a while to get a media house which, which took the whole story. Um, when, when they released the story, uh, Sky News was the first to take it and they had it on for 24 hours every 10 minutes. And that obviously that obviously boosted a lot. So at, at the end of the day, I was still with that film crew obviously busy. So I had to employ someone because my phone wouldn't stop. I had to employ someone to pick up the phone and make Skype interviews on a 10-minute basis for the next two weeks. So I had over 250 interviews on Skype with loads of people. So it did take off and it was a massive story at the time. And he did add that it was really important to him that the story was treated in a sensitive way. It wasn't sensationalized or depicting the whale as some kind of man-guzzling beast, which we know we know they're not. I mean, we know they're not anyway. But um, as it turns out, this isn't the only remarkable wildlife encounter that Reiner has had. I mean, he's had so many. I asked him that question. He said, how much time do you have? You know, every day I'm in the water, there's... There's a different wonder to, to witness. But there's actually a video on YouTube, which I found, which currently has over 16 million views. And it's about an encounter with a shark. And uh, Reiner describes it here. And also on a sardine run trip um, in 2014, we were in uh, Mossel Bay and we stopped next to a seal colony. And everybody was taking pictures of the seals. And suddenly a white shark popped up next to the rubber duck. And everybody was very happy to see a white shark and it circled about the boat once and twice. And on the second turn, the white shark decided that it wants to try how the rubber duck tastes and <laughs> opened the jaws and ripped apart the pontoon while we were standing on. And all the guests filmed it. And uh, obviously the engines were switched off because I was, I was hovering next to the island. So by the time I switched on the engine and engaged the gear, the pontoon was gone and we then slowly drove back to Mossel Bay and everybody had a nice experience on that. Um, what we found out later is that um, if you compare a dead floating whale and the the visual effect a, a, a dive boat, particularly the semi-rigid rubber ducks, look from underneath, they look very similar to a dead whale. So obviously that was an unexperienced white shark who wanted to find out if we are actually eatable or not. And when he had a mouthful of air, he obviously decided to swim on, which was unfortunate for the insurance company, which to my surprise paid the damage. But um, for us, it was quite an amazing experience, which you can also Google. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> insurance company pays out on a white shark chewing a boat to pieces, essentially. Uh, and it's on YouTube. You can just Google or just search for Great White munching on boats and it's the first video that pops up it's a great video an incredible piece of footage that and uh, reiner still operates his adventure tour business expert tours he consults with actually various different companies to educate people on how to manage wildlife interactions he's actually interested in working doing some more in the middle east especially as nature tourism continues yeah. to grow in this region so um, if you're in that business by all means feel free to reach out to him you can find more out about reiner and expert tours on expert dash tours.de 
the Offscript podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 